And recording. Hello, this is episode 13 of Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace in a very quiet, kid-free house. I'm loving it. This is, yeah, it's kind of eerie. I'm not used to this at all. <laughs> uh, we are a Geelong-based uh, gaming podcast where we play games badly and then we uh, talk about them. So let's uh, let's have a bit of a chat. What have you been up to? Let's have a hobby update, Jace. Bit of a hobby update. And I feel like this is going to be a relatively light hobby update. I um I can't remember when, how long it's been, but it, it feels like a zero time since we've last recorded. Um, and in that time, I have had sinus infection. That's been super fun. Um, certified not Rona. How much fun is that test? <laughs> um, and what else have I done? Is that test what number for you? It's only like two or three for me. Okay. So it's actually not too bad at all. But I got the person who wanted to do it properly. Okay, uh, yep. I had two. The first one was just horrendous. Yeah. The, first, the second one was a lot better because they're like, oh, no, we don't need to go as deep this time. Yeah. <sighs> it sounds like it's a whole episode of my love life. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I feel like I've been a little bit light on. I've just kind of been, been chilling a little bit. But stuff that I have done. So the Hobby Homies Terrain Tournament is a thing. Um it is rapidly coming up to the end of November um, and I decided I better do something. So I smashed some paint on the the Titan Boneyard uh, terrain that I had, um, which was great. That was actually just a couple of really cruisy nights with some cheap, you know, the, the dollar sort of acrylic paints you get from Kmart um, and a makeup brush I bought off Wish um, just sitting in the <laughs> shed just not even caring um it's kind of really really cathartic it's just like there's no thinking there's no pressure um so i kind of dig it um so i got i got paint on all of that and it's at a stage now where i could put it on a table and it would be fine i could maybe throw a wash or a shade or do something on it um I could maybe put some, you know, static grass or something on it, but also I maybe can't be fucked. Um, well, the pictures that you sent look pretty good. Yeah. So especially for what, two nights or whatever it took you. Yeah, it, it was shit all time. It was probably about four hours painting for the whole set. It was, um, it could, and it's kind of a bit of a Castle Grayskull style, like I've gone for the really funky <laughs> green, um, which I almost like, and I'm wondering whether I can find a, a Castle Grayskull to, to fit into there as a potential option. Um, uh, are we talking real Castle oh Grayskull? No, I'm, I'm not made of money. Um, I used to have one, which is a really disappointing piece. But, I don't know the feeling. Uh, yeah. Um, no, but I'm pretty sure I can find a, a knockoff version um, or a, a 3D printed file type option. Um, which would fit in really well. So that's the problem for a later day. Um, then I got started on, I had a whole bunch of Asian terrain that I'd sort of 3D printed as well and was sitting there waiting for, for paint because it was all in fluorescent pink filament. Um, Nothing wrong with pink. I know, but it was just a little bit much if everything was all pink. Um, so currently that is sitting base-coated blue for some reason that's the color it went with um and that's as far as i've got but also there's a couple of days so we'll see maybe maybe i'll get some more time on that i don't know um well, you got till the end of monday for that yeah that's like that's 
two days. That's two nights. That's exactly the amount of time that it should take to paint any amount of terrain. Um, I'm also, working both those days, so we'll see I don't, if I actually get anything done. Uh, also, I only did, it comes down to how productive I want to be at work on Monday too. Like That's the other million-dollar question. Um, beyond that, what have I done? I started assembling the... Um, they're not Dark Elves because that would be the wrong world, but the, the Shadow Ales from the new Warcry set. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are maybe the fiddliest Games Workshop models I've put together. Um, this is not a whinge about the fiddliness of models because they're still Games Workshop models, so they're really easy to clean. They're really easy to get off the sprues. They cut up logically. They fit together really well. Um, but just as, as a statement, they are... Like, firstly, they're done as kind of the single pose thing that Games Workshop do now, which means that, you know, my left cheek is joined to my right knee and, like, the pieces of those funky kind of shapes. Um, but also there's just some really super fine detail in some of these guys, like the staffs and the little magic-y bits and the, the capes are all kind of tattered and stuff. So, um started assembling i've got like four of them together and for some reason like i gave them whips so now they got those tiny little spindly <laughs> whip um things um that's not dangerous at all oh then it's not surviving any kind of transporter gaming like meh um so like i've got four of them together i'm just slowly sort of ticking through those when i can be bothered um other things i've done not a whole lot of purchases. All right, things. I bought things. That's That counts as a hobby. <laughs> um, so showed up the other day my, again, trying to work out names of things, the Ogred Mimidion, which mm-hmm. is, again, the, the Warcry piece. Um, I love that model. He's so He's bigger than I thought he would be, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's actually a pretty, pretty chunky-looking dude. So he is going to be fun. Um, he's one of those models that one day I will get one. Yeah. I just it's it's one of those models I want. I love the look of it. I always have and one day he will be mine. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do with him, but one day. And this is the problem. I bought him cuz I need to own him. I'm actually not sure what I'm going to do with him yet. Um whether I will just uh, uh, put him together for Warcry. But also if I do that, I have to work out which crew I want to put him with so I can base him the same because that's mm. important. Um and so I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I needed him. So I, he he showed up and a couple of, well, three, because that's where they come, the new trolls or the rock gut trogoths or whatever the fuck they're mm-hmm. called now, he showed up as well. So I have those specifically for troll models for Blood Bowl, um, whether that's for snotlings or goblins, I don't know. <laughs> but they've showed up. Um, beyond that, I ordered, but I'm still waiting for... Um, fuck, what's her name? Jane Zar. So the Elder, the 40K Elder Phoenix Lord, the Howling Banshee one. Okay. That yeah. they redid the model for not that long ago. Um, she show, She's yet to show up, but I've ordered her to... With the, the dream is I will enter her into the Games Workshop painting comp that closes at the end of December or Christmas Eve or whenever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she shows up and I pull my finger out and get some paint on her, that's the plan there. 
um, the other half of that entry, because you can enter more than one thing, and who doesn't love the idea of entering more than one thing with this much time? Um, I was talking to one of the other locals who paints a lot, Adam Smith, and he has one of the original old, um, one of the other Phoenix Lords, the Elder Ones, Fugan, which is the mm-hmm. Sweeping Hawk guy, yep. the guy with the wings. Um, such a dated model. Like, it's so dated. Um, but he's got two of those. And he's like, I, I was going to enter one, and I have two. Do you want to head-to-head on this? <laughs> like, that'd be a fun second option. And it'd be one of those ones that you could put limited time into. Um, you know, it's big chunky detail. It's all that kind of thing. So you could do something fun. And also knowing full well that um, Smithy has a real passion for those real retro color schemes, really bright stuff. Looking at all his demons, like he's, he's still, and it kills me. Like it hurts my soul. He's done the goblin green rims on the bases. The whole lot. It's everything That's that is perfect. wrong. It is not okay. <laughs> um so he will do something like that. He will go super bright, super you know, primary color, that kind of early 90s era games workshop scheme. Um, guaranteed it's going to be goblin green bases. So I'm going to go the opposite way and try and modernize it and we'll see if I can, what they look like together because it's going to be the same model painted two very different ways. I think it'll be fun. Um, I'm really intrigued by this because I, I know Adam's painting. I know your painting. I would be very keen on seeing them side by side. Yeah. So we just need to actually commit and then actually do it. Um, so what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, but that's all right. We'll, we'll work that out. So that's the other thing that has happened beyond the, the crowning achievement and by achievement, I didn't actually do much. Um, or the, the crowning hobby moment of, of this episode, but we might get to that in a little bit. (laughs) So before we have what's, what's been happening in your world? Well, yeah, it's been, we nearly, I think it's probably been two weeks since we recorded, if not a little bit shorter than that. I've done nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, really I mean I've been there's been a lot of work going on kids have been pretty full on when I'm not working I did binge watch uh, the last season of The Good Place on Tuesday while I was tidying up the house and that was a bit of fun Um, I have been helping to pack up a little bit of the old pop culture store and came across a few things there that I thought, mm, do I need this? That's a dangerous place for you to be. Oh, it's the worst place in the world for me to work. But, yeah, so I came across a couple of things. I was like, do I need them? No, honestly, no. Do I want them? There it is. Yeah. So I have picked up another copy of the DC deck building game. So Heroes Unite, which is meant to be one of the best. Uh, has Batgirl, Nightwing, a couple other people that you can be. I picked up a couple of the crossover packs as well. So the Justice Society of America and the Rogues, just for different characters you can be. So the whole thinking behind it was that you know when we play then we can start choosing different characters to be you know vary up the game a bit did i need them no did i want them 
yeah, look, there are only a couple left in the company. I'm like, well, if I don't get it now, I won't get it. So I better get it now. It is really dangerous knowing what the stock levels and likelihood of reordering is because it's like... I don't, I don't particularly, you know, need this game. It's not right on my, you know, must-buy list. It's not even up there, but it's right here, and I know there's only two left, and we're not getting any more. So if I don't get it now, oh, my God, it, it may never have this opportunity again. I, shut up and just take my money. Just. <laughs> it's very much like that, and, yeah, it was a bad moment when I worked out how to use the computer system, but unfortunately I worked that out pretty quickly. Um, so I have picked up that I painting wise get ready for this um, I have undercoated three models so I have chosen I did put together one of them but in, it was gluing two pieces together and gluing him to the base so uh, two more Skaven models for Mordheim mm. so I did muck around a little bit I still got to read that book and get that back to you but yeah. Uh, I've chosen the two models that I that I want to increase my crew with, and so I have undercoated them, ready to go. And you know, if anything can be learnt from the last ones that I did for for the Mordheim crew, it should be a relatively painless painting process. Saying that now means that it probably won't be, but anyway, we'll leave that. Uh, I did undercoat. I'm totally going blank on a name now, but you will help me. Um, the chick on the teddy bear. Marlena Webster. Thank you. Uh, for more, for Malifaux. And I painted a model. <gasps> One model. That model is a squirrel. So Wait, it's oh, a, That counts. That absolutely. <laughs> it's like the tiniest model. I stuck it on a base. I actually went to the effort of sticking grass on the base, not grass tufts like I usually do, but actual, you know, flock grass from I old went outside school. and I, I mowed <laughs> no, I individual strands of actual grass that I will then water. To, yeah, no. No. But, um, so, yeah, he is Acorn. He's one of the new Blood Bowl star players that they've released details for. So if you do happen to get the, the current issue of White Dwarf, it comes with the star player card for him. With all his stats, and he's he's a cool looking guy. That will be the one player that everyone owns. I think. Mm. I think that like, and people will find other you know sculpts, or they'll find proxy ideas and and cool stuff. But he is going to be in a lot of collections. He is cheap enough to field. He is playable by all teams, and he can do some decent stuff. So. Definitely a model that I wanted, and I found uh, a little halfling head that had the squirrel on top of it, so I just made the halfling head a decapitated halfling head. Yep. I stuck this guy on the base, and yeah, a couple of coats of paint. And it was it was one night's worth of painting, if that, but he's done. I, I actually think there's a potential here about some kind of, whether it's a... I don't know whether we need to make it a competition, a painting competition or something, but even just I want to see examples of Acorn models, conversions, paint jobs that people do because <laughs> I feel like this is one of those models that you can go mental with. You can just you can just put a little squirrel on a base, happy. You can put him on a, a you know, I think, is it? Bradley. Brad at the local, yep. local store has just a little pile of skulls. He's just sitting on top of his pile of skulls. Um, 
that there is so many options to do cool stuff with a squirrel. And the Grebo model for him, where he's going, he's got actual Blood Bowl shoulder plates on, and he's, he's frothing at the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> full rabid squirrel. It's <laughs> glorious, and it's tiny, and I love it. He is, yeah. He's one of those ones, like I said, that that I think a lot of people are going to want a model to represent him. So he is done. Uh, and that's it as far as model or hobby or anything for me. It's a very dull fortnight for me. I haven't done any work on that scenery for the Hobby Homies tournament and I've got, what, two more nights and I'm working both days and my wife's working one night, so there's not much time for me. But maybe I'll get it done sometime in spring next year. They didn't say which spring, to be That's fair. True. I don't I don't remember that being <laughs> being part of the requirements. So, you know, we'll just get him on a technicality. <laughs> but I always knew terrain would be a difficult one for me because it's not one that I think of. It's not one that I go for. The terrain that I've got is either already assembled, painted, mm-hmm. um, or printed. Or it is undercoated black, and that is the extent of it. And I mean, I've got 40k buildings that have been sitting there black for many, many, many years. So, terrain's not one I'm proficient or even think about. So, this was always going to be a difficult one for me. It also depends on the game you're playing, right? If you're playing um, yeah, Underworlds, mm-hmm. who thinks about terrain? Like,. Or there might be those couple of pieces that people do as like that that replace the little you mm-hmm. know hexes on the board with, but you don't need terrain. So if you're not playing really terrain intensive games, I don't think it really comes up. No, true. It's, it's there's been a long time since since I've needed terrain. So Mordheim, when we played the other week, that was probably the first time in a while that I've even thought about terrain. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's Malifaux or, or a lot of other games, I've got my circus terrain, which is already pre-coloured, looks amazing. All I needed to do was stick it together. Uh, Underworlds, I did get one of those terrain sets for Underworlds, mm-hmm. uh, which has five pieces in it. I have painted two of them and a half. But the half I painted, I don't like. So I've painted two of them. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's not it's just not something I think of. Yeah. So anyway, we will. I might have to take a rain check. I might have to see what their uh, summer competition is and jump on that one. <laughs> Apologies, guys. I thought about it, considered it, just couldn't get the motivation. No, fair call. Mm. So it's been a, a, a pretty quiet. I don't think I've, I haven't played any games in the last couple of weeks. I've no. been kind of pretty pretty chill there. Um, yeah, I almost feel like it's been a little bit of a, a kind of. You know, I feel like th- this has been the calm before the storm, right? Because the storm <laughs> is is real, and the excitement has been real, and you know it, it's kind of been I could do something else, or I could wait with you know serious anticipation. Count down the hours. It's been significantly hard to get motivated about anything else. And I think here's the thing, right? What gets me excited to paint a model, to paint anything, is either 
a deadline or a game that I'm playing. So if I'm playing Mordheim, and you know, case in point, we were playing Mordheim for last episode, um, and that got me painting models because mm-hmm. I wanted you know painted models for them. I'd had this project that had been taking way too long to actually get done. Um, you know, if we were playing um, Underworlds and whatever team I wanted to play for that, you know, that'd be the thing that I'd be painting and I'd have motivation on because there were games happening and I feel like hobby sort of creates the motivation to do more hobby. Yep. Um, totally agree. And and it was the same with me for that Mordheim crew. They have had Skaven sitting in boxes for ever. Um, and, yeah, it's the first time I really knuckled down and, and painted them was when I thought, let's play some more time. Yeah. So the problem I've had is knowing what is on the horizon, what is coming, and not wanting to really go full, full, you know, I didn't want to get balls deep into it until everything had been released and it had landed and I knew what I was doing and I had a bit of a plan um, which kind of means I procrast to fuck around a lot. Um, so, you know, there, there were literally nights where I could have sat there and painted something and I kind of, you know, they pulled a couple of Warcry guys out and just did some assembly and kind of listened to a podcast and, and didn't really focus or get a lot done. Like I could have done significantly more. Um, but I feel like that's all about change. Now, before we go any further, is this going to be another episode like last episode where we dance around the topic? I, I well, so far it is. <laughs> um, I, I just feel like there is a moment of unveiling in each of these episodes where we say, this is what we're doing and this is what we're talking about. And I understand it's probably in the title of the episode um, and that's Your how fault. we advertise it. <laughs> but also, like there's... Th- during the the listening experience, I'd like to think that that was a moment. Um, you know, the the episode builds to some kind of crescendo where we actually unveil the thing that we'll be talking about. And I didn't want to peak too early. Um, apparently, my wife is sick of it. So <laughs> that that's my view on that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, what shall we talk about then? Well, shit, I've got nothing else, so we're going to have to go with it, aren't we? <laughs> Yesterday was a release day. And it was a big release day. Oh, it was the best of release days. <laughs> uh, good old GW and their releases. I mean, they've, they've always been pretty good. It's always something coming out that you can look at, whether you're interested in it or not. Every week, GW do something. This week... It was Blood Bowl. And you, if you've listened to anything that we've said in previous episodes, you know that we froth Blood Bowl. I am so, like every flavour, I am like the Baskin Robbins of excited <laughs> right now. There is 36 flavours of just excitement oozing. Um, yeah, it, look, it's been coming. Um, rules got leaked a little bit early. Um, the internet exploded with the rage of a thousand neckbeards. Um, oh, so much rage. So much rage. And that, that was kind of the 
the signal to to just tap out and wait for the actual release. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could have gone um, and you know off the leaked rules. We could have got involved in the conversation at that point in time, but I don't think it was constructive. Um, so I think that that you know it basically meant. And the, and the way this plays out with every new game release, and we there's probably a conversation in this, but the new edition gets announced, and there's this kind of point in time where you sort of going, well, playing the old edition doesn't make sense anymore because there's a new one coming, but the new one's not here yet. So what do I do between point A and point B? Do I not play at all? Um, and given that we couldn't play because COVID was a thing, that A helped. Um and because the internet is full of such angry, angry people, um, it was actually a really good time just to kind of tap out of the conversation completely for me and just go, right, I'll deal with it when it lands and we'll see what happens mm-hmm. and we'll make a judgment call at that point in time because I don't want to have the excitement sucked out of me um, by the just you know, the parasitic nature of forums and chats and things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you even glanced at the the leaked rules, but I had a br- very brief look yep. and then I sort of sat back and I'm like, right, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. I listened to conversations. Obviously, I had an idea about what was changing in the new season, but it wasn't something I was going to go into depth in. I didn't want to sit there, read over a leaked PDF. I wanted to just wait until I had it in my hands. And in my opinion and in, in the thought process that I was going through, any new Blood Bowl is good Blood Bowl. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you don't like it, go back to the previous rules. Well, and that was the piece. Like the the last edition, so the 2016 edition was so well ingrained it was easy to play it was something that we could keep playing and i feel like we could keep playing in a vacuum um and it wasn't much of a step up from the living rule book no. that people had been playing for years before gw got back on board so i mean there was a piece of me that said it seems like gw and the community are almost added a little bit of an agreement about what the game mm-hmm. is like or what it should be like so i wasn't panicked I did you know, a very similar thing. I had a bit of a, a quick flick through the, the leaked PDF when it came out, came to the conclusion that the sky wasn't falling and then bowed out because I didn't want to go any deeper into it um, and I didn't didn't really want to... Like, obviously, I mean, I'm still on all of these <laughs> Facebook groups and forums and whatnot, so passively you see it, but you can just scroll on and that's yep. glorious. Yesterday, yesterday was the day. Yes. So I finished work at about six o'clock last night and in my lunch break, I jumped into the local G-Dub, picked up my pre-ordered copy, lugged it back, stuck it in the tea room at work. Six o'clock rocks up, I leave work, I dump mine in the car, trundle over to Guff, pick up Jace's copy, dump that in the car, drive home. Uh, being a Friday, it was very much a, a bit of a family night as well. So did the usual thing, let the kids stay up a little bit late last night and then put them to bed. Wife and I watched Mandalorian. She decided to tap out for the night and I'm like, you know what, this is it. Jumped on the couch, grabbed the book, started reading. 
That's that's glorious. It was it was a it was a fantastic night, really. And the the bit that I was worried about is that today we had a bit of an event here. So a couple of guys that have never played Blood Bowl. We got them in, we gave them a game, and to do that I needed to be across all the new rules because I didn't see the point in teaching them the old rules if you know this is not what they're going to be playing now. So last night I went through the book and I wanted to make sure that I was across all the changes. I knew roughly what was going on. Um, and I sat there last night. I'm like, honestly, it's not that different. No. There's not many changes. And the changes that have happened seem to be just calming the fuck out of the, the over-the-top the insane stuff that um, was going on in the previous edition. And this is the thing. So my yesterday was a little bit less, like, I'm not going to say joyful, but the way this played out is I had the um, the game pre-ordered. I knew it was there, but I it was not in town. I would have to go half an hour to Guff to pick it up and then half an hour back. Um, you had however much time wandering around Guff and chatting and there's, you know, there's a two hour round trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on the clock for work. I had plans to go out with my wife for lunch. So there goes my lunch break. So I either have to, um, do it during my lunch break and have a three hour lunch, probably going to get frowned upon. Um, I do it straight after work but I've got like a half hour buffer between me finishing work and Charlie getting home and me having to do dinner and bath and bed and stuff for kids so that didn't quite work and then disappointingly and not at all disappointingly because they're they're (laughs) wonderful people but I had dinner with a group of friends that we used to catch up quite a lot regularly before COVID um, and then we couldn't and this has been the first time we've all been able to get together and have dinner and just hang out and chat and stuff so I was pre sort of, you know, booked until 10.30 or so last night. And by then I was not in a position to <laughs> pick up a book and spend a couple of hours reading and stuff. It just not, was not going to happen. So my preparation for today involved doing a little bit of a sneaky, all right, let's, let's find someone who's done that work for me and go and here are the changes um, online and just go, all right, make sure that I know what the rules changes are, or at least which bits I need to think about. So if something comes up in a game, I can be like, that's a bit that's changed. I should go check that so I don't just play off memory. And then when I got here a little bit earlier than other people, spending 10 minutes just pouring over the rule, rule book to get a couple of those things um, just kind of embedded down the, the reference charts and, and that kind of stuff. So... Felt a little bit underprepared. <laughs> no, look, if if it was as bad as I was expecting, and you know, bad is is maybe not the optimal word, but I was expecting more differences between this version and the last. No, I was expecting probably more subtle differences that are really easy to get confused between editions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having played a few games that have jumped between editions whilst I was playing them, there are a lot of the time there are really subtle differences that you sort of, 
You play the way that you've known for however long and it's not till you're six months into a new edition and you actually read the rules properly or it comes up or someone says it or whatnot that you go, oh, I've been doing that wrong or I've just been, you know, on autopilot playing in the way I know. Um, so I've found previously with different games jumping between editions harder than picking up a new game and learning a new game because there's this sense of familiarity that you kind of just go with so changing habits is a lot harder than developing new ones Mm -hmm. um but overwhelmingly my sense of not that hard to, to jump between because the changes weren't that much and again my overall the, the initial impression i got is they've just kind of leveled the game out a little bit like it had and blah blah i'm almost of two minds about this right blah blah was one of those games there the you were playing against two people you're playing against your opponent you're playing against the game because the game wanted you to lose as well but it wanted that for both players so it was fine um and i feel like what this edition has done is just taken those extremes and just pulled them in a little bit. So the game still affects, like you still play against the game. It still does things that affect the the game and it, it kind of creates events and things that mess with the players, but they just aren't as swingy as they were previously. Mm-hmm. Totally a fair assessment, I think. And, you know, you say that, that the whole familiarity thing, like, Blood Bowl is a game that I have played on and off for 30 years. So I was terrified of the fact that, you know, I'd, especially teaching new players, that I would say something and go, wait a minute, that's the old edition. What are we doing the new edition? But overall, really, you know, the changes have... I can see what they're trying to do. Yep. I can What they're trying to do makes sense. And with more playing, it'll all come naturally. And I think it'll gel quite well. So with that in mind, do we want to go through some of those key changes and just, you know, what's changed, what we think about it, that kind of thing? Is that that kind of a... That sounds like a... Logical plan. Logical plan? Doesn't sound like us. I know, right? Ew. Should we take a break? Yeah, we should, because I need another beer. So let's take a break. We'll play some tunes, and then we'll come back and chat about Blood Bowl Changes. Excellent. New Blood Bowl, new rules. What shall we look into first? Well, uh, look, I kind of, on the, you know, three seconds of notes, I, I decided to take, I broke it into two You've things. taken notes. This is unusual for well, you. Uh, when I say I take it, I've taken notes, I scribbled down some ideas, like, just before we hit record. So, But that is still new for you. Like, yeah. this is usually me with a piece of paper in front of me. 
I just feel like there's a lot to say. Um, and I didn't want to, A, miss important things and B, um, no, that was it. I only had one point there. <laughs> but I've broken this up into two two sections here. And one is gameplay. So mm-hmm. stuff that happens during the game. And then the other half of that is the league, the, the, the stuff that happens around the game. Because I feel like there are some really core changes to the way you physically play the game. Um, and then there are a bunch of changes that affect leagues and, and those kind of... Which is really the core of the way Blood Bowl is played. Because Blood Bowl... I mean, you can play exhibition games like we did today and there's nothing wrong with that. But the league is where it's all about yep. because you you want to see your your team progress. You want to see them have their wins, have their losses, have the good games, bad games. Um, but you want to see them improve and you want to see them... You know, get better skills, yeah. be able to do more, and really, I mean, if Blood Bowl teams start off at a million gold pieces worth, and really by 1.3, 1.5, that's where the game's coming into itself. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as a, that's how I broke it up, and I think the easy one to talk about, and probably the straightforward piece, and uh, the game is what gets you in, it's the league that keeps you... Um, so the game changes are probably where I would kick off. Mm-hmm. Um, and realistically, as I said, the, 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 the real overarching theme here is it's still the same goddamn game. Like, if you were playing Blood Bowl a week ago and you are playing Blood Bowl this week with a new edition, you were playing the same game. Yep. Um, that being said, there are some changes. So... Probably the the biggest, the most obvious, um, and the the kind of flagship change for me was the addition of the passing stat, or the re-addition. Well, there's that too. Way um, back when I first started, there was a passing stat that seemed to disappear for a few editions. Yeah, well, they lost the tablets that they etched it onto. Um, <laughs> so, um, so previously, like last edition, and so when I say previously, I'm talking last edition. Let's just talk changes. From this one, last one to now, because um, 2016, it was actually a while ago. Um, so all of the passing in the game when it came to throwing the ball was ma- managed with your agility stat. So you had your movement, your edge, your armor value, your strength, with the four. So they've introduced passing. Um, and I think it, it actually makes the game more interesting for me because what does is I mean firstly it creates a point of difference just because you're good at um, not being hit does not mean that you're good at throwing a ball Mm -hmm. Um, so fundamentally like there is a little bit of a real life throwback to here Um, but forgetting that what it does is it creates specialist roles and it means that a team like elves which are the classic ones here, where every single elf was as good as each other at passing off just based on their stats. So forgetting um, skills and all that kind of other stuff, any elf on the team was as good as any elf on the team was throwing the ball. And that doesn't necessarily make sense when there is an elf called a thrower. Um, so I create some logical differentiation and a reason to start taking throwers. Um, but also just from a gameplay perspective, it means that elves actually have to work for it as well. You can't use any elf any time to do 
anything um, because they are not equally good at everything now. And this this was the big problem with specifically the 2016 version is that when you, bent. well, yeah, when you when you talk top tier teams that seem to win tournaments and leagues and stuff, Wood Elves. Elves in particular, they were right up there. They were the ones that you had to beat. And if you wanted to do that, you took Dark Elves. Um, So, you know, and this is the problem, right? Because ultimately scoring wins games of Blood Bowl. So killing stuff is cool, but scoring wins games. And when your entire team is geared towards scoring in every way that is possible, um, the game isn't even... So what this does is reduce the number of players that can score every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, look, honestly, it, it doesn't actually add a lot of complexity to the game. It, it gives another number to remember for players or look up, but that's cool. Um, but I think it actually does a lot for, A, the balance of the game, B, the, the fun of the game, um, but also gives players gives coaches choice and I think a hard choice is aware what makes games interesting um, whereas you look at most of the online recommendations on how to build a team and most of the times would stay in your starting you know million gold team ditch the thrower yeah that is no longer uh, a no-brainer like it, it's now a choice throwers in general used to have they had a couple of you know they might have pass which helps them re-roll a throw they might have sure hands which helps them pick up the ball but generally you're looking at someone who is kind of like a lineman but maybe with a bit less armor for a bit more gold so a lot of and a lot of teams that i used to play for example like the orcs or the skaven many people were were very much against throwers in those teams saying mm-hmm. that yeah, spe- specifically the Orcs as well. The Orcs were one of the best teams that you could learn how to play the game with because they were bashy enough, they had a bit of ball handling skills and they had a big armour value, which meant that they're a bit more forgiving for mistakes. But nobody ever seemed to take an Orc throw. And this new passing stat, the the differences between the thrower and the lineman are much more distinct and I think it gives a real good value to, especially in a league, building up a thrower, making, getting the skills that you might not normally take will actually make your thrower yeah. more worthwhile. And also looking at some of those, so looking at the elf teams, I'm, uh, high elves would be my example here that had a thrower that nobody ever took because every single elf is picking up the ball on a 2+. plus. Mm-hmm. Why would I bother paying extra for thrower when every elf is amazing at doing all of those things? So all of a sudden having somebody, A, that has access to a different skill tree, that's a whole piece, but shows up being better at throwing the ball when your game is scoring, it it actually becomes a viable choice. Um, And it means that you've got to make decisions around how many re-rolls you want to take or how many, you know, what player what player do you sacrifice to get that thrower onto your team? Because mm-hmm. he was previously the one that you always cut. Um, now that's a choice. So I, I'm actually really on board. Yep. 
just the whole throwing technique as well now. And the fact, one of the other changes is the whole interception rule where you usually used to be able to have somebody on your team who was in the way of a throw usually make something like a six on a D6 roll to intercept and you'd catch the ball and then away you go. Now they've introduced a deflect so you can potentially block that shot with a little little bit easier than you could make an interception but that deflection is not necessarily an interception no. now. So that adds, I mean, it brings it back to more like the NFL where deflections are going to happen more often than interceptions are, but it gives an extra extra level to, to the whole pass. Well, the, the piece is right. So an interception was one of those things that was kind of a Hail Mary. It kind of never really happened. You didn't mm-hmm. plan for it. And when it happened, it could swing a game pretty hard. I feel like there's more chance of a deflection happening now, but the impact of the deflection on the game is less. So it creates this really interesting piece now where it's not a random Hail Mary that you don't expect. It's plausible that it would happen. It's something that you need to plan for, but the effects aren't as swingy at the game. So again, it kind of brings in the those extreme edges and those extreme things that happen during the game and give a, a, a level of, you know, it, it creates something else that as a coach you need to consider, um, not just disregard unless it happens. Mm-hmm. Passing, anything else to say on that? Look, the, the only, while we're talking about stats, the, probably the, the obvious change is the shift from mm-hmm. an agility value and an armour value um, to a... A role. So, you, previously, for example, I would have an agility of four as an elf, um, three as a human, that kind of stuff. Now, in line with a lot of the other games that, that GW have brought out, they've now said your agility is two plus, and that is the what you need to roll. So, there's none of this take a thing, um, subtract it from seven, add your date of birth, and then divide by pi. It's roll this number. The number is right in front of you, and then start applying modifiers. The other half of that, right? So when you were picking picking up a ball as a prime example, so a an elf had an agility of four. You your agility roll then would you would need to roll a three, but you get a plus one for making an attempt to pick up a ball. Just you know thinking about picking up a ball, you get a plus one. So that's how you got your two plus roll. They've ditched that plus one and they've just said roll a two plus. Like, it's built in, it always applies, so why do we make you do an extra piece of math? Um, so much easier to explain to somebody, so much, it's just, it streamlines it. it. You get exactly the same result with less complexity. I'm a fan. I do love the fact that you're not looking up a table, because that whole, you know, my it's, you know, agility's four, so therefore the role I need to make is a three, or my agility's two so hold on let me look at it it's a five okay cool that five seconds that i usually look that up every single time is now gone yeah so and and, yeah as today pointed out just explaining it to a player yep so getting someone new picking up and playing the game it speeds it up it it removes a level of complexity that is completely unnecessary yep um 
And I feel like there was probably a light bulb moment. Somebody at GW went, why the fuck don't we just put the role that they need to make as the number? And they, God bless that person because... That person gets a raise. <laughs> so much better. Um, so moving on from the stats, kickoff table. Yes. The kickoff table has kind of been changed. Most of the results are still the same, but they make more sense. Absolutely. And and again, look, and we can we can roll this in with the injury table. We can roll this in with a lot of the other stuff, but it it's just a little bit less bullshit. There, <laughs> um, you know, you, you're playing a game of Blood Bowl last week and perfect defense would rock up yep. as a kickoff result. And you would just be like, motherfucker. Because that entire team now redeploys uh, in exactly the way that screws you the most. Yep. Or even worse, Blitz. You know, Blitz was one of those ones that you almost had to always think about and go, right, okay, this is my whole plan, but if he's going to get a Blitz on the kickoff, I need to be able to stop him here, here, and here. So things like that, you know, which... On a roll, on a kickoff table, all of a sudden their whole team or your whole team is doing something unexpected. The free turn. Yeah. The whole, yeah. Most of those are now D3 plus three open players. Yeah. Which means that if you guys are all lined up at the line of scrimmage, uh, which happened in the game today, so you had you know a line of people on one side, a line of people on another side, perfect defense was rolled. It's, Shit all happens. Yeah, it's not as game well play changing as it was. Uh, the throwing rocks, um, things like that. It's it's. I mean, let's be careful. And this is part of the reason I loved Blood Bowl is I've seen instances in a league where somebody's brand new Chaos Minotaur gets killed in their first game by a rock from the crowd. Yep. That is one of those moments that you will talk about forever and part of the reason the game is amazing, but also for that player in a league where there's long-term effects for it, it's a little bit soul-destroying. Yep. A little bit frustrating and it can... I mean, if that happens on, on turn one of the first half, can really mess with your head for the for that game. And all of a sudden you're thinking, well, how the hell... Am I going to get 150000 or whatever that player costs to, to get them back when I just wanted to try them out and yeah, they're gone before I got to move him. them? He's right here. He's my brand new model. And mother- yeah. Um, so now there is zero chance that mm-hmm. a player will be killed by a rock from the crowd. Um, they can still get ejected. Um, I can't even remember exactly what the wording is, but long story short is, again, we just take the extremes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, there were a couple of results last time, I think, you know, cheering fans and brilliant coaching, which were basically the same thing, except one, you're adding your cheerleading factor, which most people would not usually build up in yeah. any way, shape or form. And the other one, yeah, the other one, you're building up your assistant coaches, which was much the same. Now they're, you know, doing different things. And, um, just, just in general, it just seems a bit more, I don't want to say fair because it's blood bowl. None of this is fair, but 
yeah, there's there's less of those sort of soul destroying moments that can happen based purely on a random dice roll. Yeah, at the start of a half. I mean, there is nothing stopping you from being destroyed because your opponent's dice is on fire for the entire game, right? Mm-hmm. But what this does is stop the game dictating really early or really, you know, really decidedly who has the upper hand. Um, so they make sense. They give you the same flavor, um, but they've just taken off that real harsh edge that could end up being that negative experience that someone has early on playing the game and be like, this is fucking stupid. I'm out. Um, and also for those players that are super hardcore players, right? Um, I feel like all of those players tend to prefer balance um, where the player who is the better coach on the day wins the game. And what this does is make it more likely that skill will be the deciding factor rather than random bullshit that happens over the course of the game. Agreed. So overall, big fan. Look, I like it. I'm I'm mildly torn because one of the things I loved about Blood Bowl was how badly it could absolutely screw you. Um, and it meant that you can't take the game too seriously because at some stage it's just going to... Today I'm not using lube. Um, but equally, I think it does make for a better game. Yep. So, I mean, it's still Blood Bowl. The dice are still going to screw you over. You're still going to lose your Minotaur in turn one to a three-dice uphill block from a snotling. <laughs> it's still going to happen. Yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, one of, it, it's one of those things that if you lose your Minotaur to a three-dice uphill block from a snotling, it's going to be something you remember. and It's going to be a, a highlight, it's even gonna- though it's against you and I feel like it's that thing that it's a less resentful piece mm-hmm. like the the thrown rock from the crowd you're just like well there is nothing I could have done about that there's nothing anyone you know, whereas the three dice uphill block from the snotling is like somebody actually had to pull you know pull that play off they yeah. had to decide to do it they had to roll the dice um, it wasn't just a random game effect so it, it's a better way for it to happen mm-hmm. if you're going to have a minotaur die I mean, I, I still remember my Beast of Nurgle dying to a two-dice uphill block from a dwarf <laughs> after, I mean, a you know, newish player doing it and he's going, oh, I want to do this. I said, well, you could do that. It's going to be two dice against you or you could, you know, start moving guys, trying trying to give him a bit of a helping hand. He's like, look, I've said it. Let's just do it. Let's see what happens. Bang. <laughs> Dead beast. That's the time it works too. Yeah. Love it. I mean, that's why I love Blood Bowl in the first place. So, I mean, it pissed me off for about five seconds. I'm like, nah, that's, that's just yep. cool. Kudos to you. I ended up winning that game and getting enough to buy the, the guy straight back. So it wasn't an overly, overly big loss for me, but uh, it's something I still remember. Um, on the a similar kind of vein, the injury table. Mm-hmm. Um Again, similar kind of theme. It's just a little bit less likely for extreme things to happen. So now it's a D16. Mm-hmm. Was it 66 last night? No. It was a 66. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's how long it's been since I played Blood Bowl. Oh, my God. 
there were a couple of moments today when we were playing and I'm like, wait, I know this. Why, why, what, what am I doing? Anyway, um, so on a D16, it's a 15 and 16 that's dead. It's just, yep. there, so there are two in 16. So the chances of actually having a model dead, killed, cactus, whatever, are, are less. One in eight. The, or two in 16. Uh, <laughs> but the chances of a model having an effect, I think, are a little bit higher. Yeah. So previously with the, you're rolling D6 and a D6, D6 for your 10s, D6 for your, for your 1s, uh, a player would die on the first D6 being a 6. So it was a 1 in 6 chance that you were killing or being killed. Now it's one in eight, so it's less on that. With badly hurt, which was the other end of the spectrum, which means you're just out for the rest of the game, it's now a one to six. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, what, three-eighths of that, uh, whereas previously it was a 50%. Yep. So it was a, a one, two, or a three on the first dice, and you were just badly hurt. So there's more chance of something considerable happening Mm-hmm. But less chance of death, which again I kind of I kind of dig. Mm-hmm. Um, there is still a chance of death; it is a real thing. But like for league play, the fact that these players would just miss the rest of the game and be fine, mm-hmm. absolutely, your character like I feel like it didn't actually reflect the brutal nature of Blood Bowl. What this does is have a team develop where they get skills and they start improving and all that kind of stuff. But there's also this kind of negative piece of every single time you put someone in a game, there is a chance and a very real chance that they just get to be a little bit sore mm-hmm. for the next next game. And I think it's actually going to get to a harder decision-making process when you want to fire people. Yep. I've got a whole bunch of skills. And it used to be a case of, oh, I've, I've got a neg skill on this guy. So just kill him and get a fresh one. Um, or I've got a you know, a move busted or whatnot, just just fire him and get a new one. Um, I think that's harder now because it's going to happen more often. Yeah. So you're going to have this team that's got differences and changes and they've got a little bit of story between them because you're not just hiring anyone that gets injured uh, or firing anyone that gets injured and hiring a fresh guy um, because you'd be doing that every other game. Because it used to be, uh, there were so many instances where you'd get like a guy with who's skilled up once or twice, does exactly what you want him to do. He gets injured and gets like negative one agility. And you're like, well, I'm not using agility for what I want this guy to do. I'm still happy to keep him. Mm-hmm. But now there's more chance. So the more chance, you, the more times you're using, the more you know that negative one agility might be as well as a negative one movement or a negative one strength or negative one armor value so then that decision becomes a lot harder about is he really somebody i want to keep or you know it's it's going to add to that league thought process that you're going through after each game which i like the negative effect at least for me in the way that i have played in this is only the only one i can see is for Nurgle teams. So with Nurgle, when you killed somebody on the opposite side, because oh, you get the extra... you get the free rotter at the end of the game. Now, I mean, I went into my league playing Nurgle for the first time, and I thought, well, how many times is that going to happen? Uh, 
turns out it happened a lot. I was firing these rotters by the end of the league because I had too many. I think I got maybe six by the end of like eight games or something like that. Um, now, instead of one in six chance, it's a one in eight. So mm-hmm. Equally, are there, which of the teams where you have to roll multiple times on the injury? The Anyone with decay. Yeah, so, the, I mean, that is Nurgle as well. So those rotters... Yeah, are going to get... But I'm thinking mummies mm-hmm. or Tomb Guardians, whatever yep. how they're called. Um, so Kemri, Kemri are back as a legendary team at the moment. So it's probably a fair bet that there's going to be a Spike magazine and, and new rules for, for them at some point. Uh, was there another one? Shambling Undead, they get mummies, don't they? Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. They were slightly different mummies, but they're mummies again. Yeah. I'll preface this with the fact that we are talking Blood Bowl. We are lovers of the game. We play it fairly regularly, but we're not a hundred percent. You know, we we don't know all, everything. <laughs> we play it for fun. We're not we're not joining this is competitions every um, month like some people, which is you know all system all. Look, also yeah. prefaces with the fact that we're playing a, a different game every episode and I cannot keep track of which <laughs> rules go with that. fucking which game. So that the whole premise of this uh, podcast is coming back to bite us in the ass. All right, it's just confusion. Anyway, um, injury thing, that that's, a, a, again, a levelling field, I think. Uh, I like it. Um, and then probably the other piece, which it, it kind of affects both, so it's probably a good segue, is the changes to skills. Mm-hmm of which there are several. Um, and probably the you know, the piece here is a bunch of existing skills that are currently that were around where they've just kind of tweaked it around the edges to make it not as bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a whole bunch of new skills that have come out. And the piece I don't know is whether teams start with any of these new skills, but that's probably unimportant. Um so, some examples that we'll talk about. Mighty Blow. Mighty Blow. That is, well, was, still is, but was an amazing skill. It was kind of a no-brainer in that you get plus one to the armor or injury roll. Pick one after the dice are rolled. Um, when your player hurts someone else. It's Somehow. Somehow, anyhow, if, if he trips him over as they're running by, if he throws a block, if you whatever he does, if it hurts another player, you get that plus one. They've just kind of given that a little, little massage, mm-hmm. a little. So now it is only when you are throwing a block. Um, so which means if someone tries to dodge away from you and you manage to stick your foot out and they neck themselves, mighty blow doesn't matter. You can't mightily stick your foot out to trip them, um, <laughs> which A, makes sense, um, and B, the skill is still amazing, but it's not bullshit, ridiculously auto-take all the time or always. And adding to that, speaking as I, I very much prefer my bashy teams, that's the way I've kind of always played since I was a kid. Uh, Chaos in particular, Claw Mighty Blow. That was always the thing. And to be quite honest, if you're leveling up players on a on a Chaos team, Claw Mighty Blow were your instant go-tos for majority of your f- figures. You wanted to be able to bash the crap out of your opponent's team. Claw Mighty Blow, Claw means you get through armor on an 8. 
add the mighty blow if you need to, then you're getting through on a seven. Claw no longer stacks with uh, mighty blow, or mighty blow no longer stacks with claw is the other option. Claw is an eight. Um, we'll get through. It now can't be modified. You yeah. can't change it. You will always be an eight, um, which makes it a slightly above average roll, mm-hmm. which makes it still very good. Let's not rule that out at all. But it, again, the the amount of claw mighty blow that you would see um, because those two things played with each other and they stacked, um, it, it was just... It was a no-brainer choice. It was obvious. It was you would literally look at a roster and go, right. Well, you've just done the the logical optional mm-hmm. thing. Um, just removing some of those thoughtless options, mm-hmm. um, it, it's good. It it and it also makes for like the second you've got someone. It's amazing the difference between. Breaking armor on a seven and breaking armor on an eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the math is. I don't care what the math is. 50-50. There is a significant difference. Um, unless you just can't roll fives and <laughs> kill snotlings. But, um, so all of a sudden, just making it, it, making those things not play together makes it such of a, a less of a negative play experience for whoever you're playing against or whoever is on the receiving end of that. Um, it, it just makes it a little bit easier to, to, to take. It also makes you think a bit harder as a Chaos player or, or somebody that could take those of what you want to do. So now that your claw mighty blow combo and even your, your claw mighty blow piling on when that was the thing, um, they were no-brainers, so that's what you went for. Now you've got less of a power move so more decisions that you can make and and you know maybe claw mighty blow as your first two skills is not the way that you want to go so but add to the fact that also there are now skills which sort of negate other skills yeah um so your claw is balanced out by a skill that makes you immune to claw yes Suck it, my fucking whatever it's called, hard skin, um, is my rock to your scissors. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, there's that, and and secondly, is the the consideration you need to give t- to the role of your players now. So previously, claw, claw mighty blow was the no brainer. If you wanted to kill stuff, that's how you did it, and it didn't matter how you killed them. Whereas now, as well as changing mighty blow so that it only works on a block and it doesn't play with claw you have mighty blow for different reasons so is it armbar mm-hmm. which is effectively mighty blow but for if someone's trying to make an agility roll away from you they're trying to dodge away so what is the role of your player is it to physically hit things or is it to mark players and stop them getting away mm-hmm. um, you, you suddenly start playing these kind of really key roles and specialising players. Um, and equally, you've got the, the other half of it going, right, well, my player is going to be on the line of scrimmage and he's probably going to face a fair amount of claw. Um, do I give him the, the diamond hard skin option to negate that? Is it worth taking a whole skill just to negate another skill now? Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that that skill... Firstly, probably won't be seen as much. Um, and 
second, you know, it's, it's matchup dependent. You could, what else could you have taken? Mm. And even your other ones, your stock standard guard, which you would take on a lot of players uh, in on a lot of teams, there's now a skill that negates that. So there's, I mean, some of these skills are definitely going to be situational and they're not going to be taken as much as others, but there are options Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more ways that you can build players up to form a particular role. And look, we've kind of already done the, the segue into the league. Um, so kind of rounding out the whole, the gameplay piece, the game still plays like blah, blah, blaze. My view, um, the changes they've made, for some harder decisions in game, they kind of level out some of those extreme experiences that people have um, and they just make it more fucking logical and involve looking at less tables. Kind of on board with all of the above. Yeah. Um, if we kick into the... And this is kind of where it gets fun, right? If we kick into the league um, and this is where the skill piece kind of segues really nicely because the way that you get skills now changes um in previous it it doesn't change in that you still get star player points and those star player points result in skills Mm -hmm. but that whole process um has changed a little bit and it makes for some potentially interesting again it's just more decisions and i like decisions in these games um so now, instead of just saying, these are the skills that you can choose from, choose a skill. If you get a double, you can choose from other ones. And if you get something else, you get a, a stat, increase. stat increase. Look, that's still kind of the case. But you don't have to spend those star play points as soon as it happens, firstly. Um, because the way this plays out is when you get to a certain number, and I can't remember what it is because I didn't look that hard, um, your first option to get a, a skill or an improvement is a random skill. So instead of just going, right, well, you've got your first skill up, pick pick your skill, roll your dice, do your thing, the first option you get is, right, well, you've got you know four star player points, you can go for a random skill, or you can save that, and when you get some more, you can maybe pick a skill. Um, or... You can get some more and then you can get a you can roll for a stat increase. So again, tough decisions in that random skill. You still choose which skill section, which category of skill it chooses from, right? So if if you've got a, a thrower, you can still choose the passing skill tray mm-hmm. to, to choose from. If you've got uh, somebody who's hitting stuff, you can choo- still choose strength skills or whatever. That's cool. Um, but there's a random piece in this. And equally, when we're talking league play, if you go for the random skill, it, A, can result in some cool options that you would not have thought of and now you have to play with, but it increases the value of your player and therefore your team by less. So you can actually get a skilled team that isn't at, doesn't cost as much or doesn't have the same team value as an equally skilled team because you didn't have the same level of choice. Um, and this is a win. Mm-hmm. And he, we're just getting commentary from one of the cats in the house. 
the random skill for your first level is three star player points. That's fuck all. That's a that's, touchdown. That's game one. It's a touchdown. You could score two touchdowns in a game, and then you've got three people ready to skill up with a random skill at the end of that game, rather than have nobody ready to nobody at that six star player points that you needed for your first skill. Because, I mean, that's the base, right? Two, you start a brand new league, you've got brand new teams, you've got brand new players, they play their first game and they're like, right, what happens to my team? And you go, fucking nothing. Play another two, or, yeah, another game or two and then we'll talk. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, the skill thing's interesting for me because part of me doesn't want random stuff. Part of me does, but I'm so used to with my teams going, okay, well... Here we go. Like, yeah, I want. I'm going to roll, and okay, so I've got just standard skill. So I'm going to choose the skill that I want, and I have an idea about what I want to use this player for. But the idea of of rolling a random skill and going, okay, so this is where we're starting. Maybe I turn this guy into a you know wrestle cage tackler or something yeah. like that. So it's just. You, you get the skill and then you work out how to fit it into the team. Um, so the team grows a little bit more organically. And I feel like this is a, a real shift from the the current logic of this is the way you skill this player. And if you get a double, this is what you would take. And if you get the stat increase, this is what you take. Like there is almost one or two default options mm-hmm. for most positions in every single team. Um, you know, some some exceptions to the rule going, hey, if you want to do this or this or this, here, here are your, your kind of progression paths. But this creates some really unusual potential for combinations and, and different stuff. And again, just it's going to create situations in games that would not have come up before. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we're probably going to see a lot of that, in, especially in the leagues that we play in. A lot of our players are going to be like, fuck it, let's just go the random... <laughs> And all of a sudden you're going to have, you know, an elf with something that you've never expected. Yeah, expected. why does this line elf have Dauntless? Like, when did that happen? Yeah. But anyway, it's going to be this kind of stuff that you would never choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it came up as an option, you would never choose. But now you've got it and it's going to happen and it's going to start defining some of these characters you were going to have, you know, Lucky the Brave Elf who mm-hmm. is going to try and tackle minotaurs and trolls and all kinds of shit. Um, and there's a real level of what that brings to the game. Yeah. Um, Especially because it's Blood Bowl and one day that's going to Lucky is not going to be yeah. badly <laughs> at all. Um, but equally, I think, you know, when we start talking slightly more, you know, who's serious, how we're we going to play this game in, in leagues and, and win and stuff being able to juggle having skills and your team value is actually pretty important. What inducements you can get, what kind of stuff. So I think that there's going to be a piece around there will be players where you want to decide what they get Mm -hmm. and you're going to pay the extra to do that and you're going to wait to level them to do that. But for random shit kickers, maybe it's worth rolling the dice. Um, can definitely see a lot of halflings and goblins especially oh, you know, like random stuff and going okay that's not going to work for me you fire him let's get the next one yeah we'll get a freshie <laughs> snotlings all over the place yeah it, it's, it's that kind of thing and I feel like you know you'll get 
even on human teams and and Skaven teams and whatnot, there'll be those couple of linemen or line rats mm-hmm. or something that just be like, "Fuck it, let's just see what he gets," <laughs> um, and and see how it plays out. And yeah, you can afford to you know fire and hire and that kind of stuff, but kind of cool. I like the the other thing that I was a big fan of actually is the gold at the end of the game. So, Jace, you had to run off pretty quickly after. I don't know if you've looked at the gold. But, I have not. Um, so many times in Blood Bowl, you go through a big game and you've you've come out on top, you've won the game, and then that D6 roll, single roll at the end of the game means that somehow the guy that you've just annihilated is getting double the gold that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Now, you're basically taking an average of the fans that have turned up for both teams, uh, timesing that by 10,000, and then adding another 10,000 for every touchdown. So, at the very least, in a draw, you're both getting the same amount of gold. If you've won, you've won by touchdown, so you're getting more gold than your opponent. And it just it just seems a bit more straightforward. It just makes a lot of fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and to explain that to a player, that it's not just a random-ass role. Um, and even going back to the start of the game, which is very related, is your fan factor now. So teams have, as part of it, dedicated fans. Mm-hmm. And they are the fans that will show up to every single game, rain, hail and shine. So you start with your fan factor, which is your, your dedicated fans, and then you roll to see who else shows up. Who can be fucked showing up to this game because it's raining or whatnot. Um, that then directly influences how much gold, which makes sense. It's ticket sales, right? It's how many people go through the actual door. Um, and then you're Everyone talking about... with a season ticket. You're, you're talking, you know, your touchdowns, which are almost just... Firstly, you know, just for the way the game plays, yeah, that means that the team wins, gets more gold, mm-hmm. flat out. Um, but... You know, you, you take it back to a you know play of the night kind of bonus from the league. It it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you can see it. Um, you know, there's you know almost touchdown of the night bonus from from the the league commissioner just going, yeah, that was cool. Have some extra cash. And the other thing is that with um, conceded games, which is something that I know that especially in our league, we try and do everything we can do so that. Nobody has to forfeit a game. You know, life gets in the way sometimes. So you make sacrifices and you try and get the game in if, if you possibly can. But if a game is conceded, you just don't divide that fan factor by two. Whoever was conceded against, whoever got the win, gets all the gold. Just makes sense. Just, yeah, it's it, there's no fucking around. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I really, and for everything we've spoken about, probably the piece that gets me is I don't understand where all the negativity has come from. Because looking at every single thing that they've done and going, all right, well, here's how we can see why it's been done and what's going on. I'm like, I just maybe everybody needs just to chill the fuck out. I mean, there's a lot of ownership with Blood Bowl. This is this is a game that has been that was developed by GW. It was created. It was um, loved, and then GW stopped, 
and the people that love this game kept it going and they have turned it into what it is today. So there's an understandable uh, degree of ownership that the fans have mm-hmm. for the game, which is fine, you know, totally justified. But GW has this game back. They are going to make changes and they're going to keep making changes. You know, if we're getting a new season every four or so years... There's going to be changes in the next one as well. But some of these changes you know, will be good, some will be bad. I mean, There'll be stuff that hasn't come up yet that we haven't looked at. There'll be skill combinations or there'll be bullshit things that happen as part of this that don't necessarily make the game better. Cool. Yeah. And things are going to happen to to make money for GW. It's it's guaranteed. The one that came to mind was when they made the change to the Underworlds team and they took away the you know, fact that you could have two Skaven Blitzers, um, two linemen, I think it was one to two throwers as well, mm-hmm. and they turned it into a gutter runner. Mm-hmm. So they basically changed the Underworld team to match the Sprues that they were putting out. Yep. That's a money-making thing. You know, it's... In the same way, let's look at the Old World Alliance mm-hmm. team now, which is a mix of the dwarves, the humans, the halflings. Like, cool story. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a team I care about. But if I've got a halfling team and I've got a human team, I need one more team and I have two more teams. That's like 100% extra. This is you that we're talking about, though. Like, don't you have to paint everything differently? Yeah, no, it wouldn't work for me at all. I would need a brand new team. <laughs> for me, it's um, fine, but um, yeah, I'm I'm more for painting things however I want to paint them. And and if they happen to look different, then fuck it. Like, it's an old world alliance team. It's like an all stars team. They're still wearing their uniforms from their previous team. It's, it's no, but, just yeah. just it's no. Oh, no. Um, Look, yeah. Anyway, the the thing is that there are going to be rules that we disagree with. There are going to be rules that we don't disagree with, and 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 look, what we're seeing is the majority of that. Some of this will also be dedicated hardcore fans of specific teams that have been f- not forgotten about, but kind of neglected as part mm-hmm. of this. So, you know, the the teams are legend is an interesting one. And we don't know at this point in time whether they're going to come out in Spike Magazine, here's the new team. We can... Ass- um, my assumption is that they will. Uh, simply because teams like Kemri, which are now called Tomb Kings, um, Vampires, they've been given basic rules. GW could have totally forgotten that. They could have went, no, nah, fuck it, we don't have vampires at the moment but they've given these sort of rules which almost seem like go-between rules. Yeah. The interesting piece is, and looking at some of the other GW games where this has happened, and on launch they've said, you can play with whatever the hell you've got. Um, As that sort of progresses and they release new teams and stuff, some of those teams get kind of put into a, you can use them as long as your opponent says it's okay. That, that mm-hmm. kind of... So they start to just shuffle them towards the timeline. We're never updating these. We're never really doing anything with them. And in a, a league or in a competition or in something like that, get your opponent's permission to use them first. 
Um, so it'll be curious to see whether that happens to any of those teams more than anything. And I think that there's a level of nervousness around some of that. Um, but equally when some teams weren't announced on launch, because the, the Legends PDF sort of happened a little bit after yep. that too. Um, I think there was, you know, I legitimately had plans of playing High Elves next and then they didn't exist. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Where, the, where the hell are my High Elves? They're, they're, they're a thing. They're a team. Shut up and give them to me. <laughs> um, I mean, equally, and this is kind of my own piece on this because I played Corn for a season and they are not even a Legends team. No. They were never an official team. I mean, they were in the Cyanide game for Blood Bowl 1 in the mm-hmm. Chaos Edition. So they came out kind of as a semi-official thing then. They were, they were, I believe... They were an AFA-proof thing. They were an AFA-proofed one. So what has happened is somebody has come up with the, the concept while GW wasn't playing with G, uh, with Blood Bowl at all. Uh, people at NAF have then gone through... And NAF is, is, for anyone that doesn't know, NAF is the association that kept Blood Bowl going. Uh, while GW wasn't doing it. But people have play-tested these rules and come up with a team that works and is not overly strong, but definitely has its appeal. So much fucking fun, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one of those teams that's probably not coming out anytime soon. Let's not hold our breath. Um, but equally, it'll be curious to see what ends up in the NAF-approved version of Blood Bowl 2020, which I'm not holding my breath for either, but... Mm. I, I expect to happen. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens there. I mean, equally, looking at the Human Nobility team, that's one of the new ones that they've come out, which is effectively a copy and paste from the Bretonian roster um, that existed previously. Again, I think that was an AF-approved one before mm-hmm. it was ever a G-Dub team. From memory, um, yes. And it's in the current Blood Bowl Two game, um, but it was it was always one of those ones kind of on the fringe of the core teams. Yeah. And in this edition, there is no Brito- there's no mention of Britannia at all. But there's a human nobility team with the exact same positions and skills as the old Britannian team. So you know we can draw some cl- pretty clear conclusions at this point in time. Yeah. What's what's going on? Speaking of the Blood Bowl computer game, uh, number three is coming. Probably looking at early next year from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. So that will be a purchase for the Xbox for me. It's going to have to be. Yep. It's, it's not a question. <laughs> um, so shall we have a chat quickly about the games that we had this, this afternoon? Yes. Yes, we will. So we had three gentlemen come today who have never played Blood Bowl. They gave me their ideal first team. So we had Skaven against Dark Elves. We had Dwarves against Necromantic. Uh, unfortunately, one of the four gentlemen that was supposed to come whack, he couldn't make it last um, minute family thing came up, which you know prevented him coming out. But family always takes precedence in these situations so we had the ring in jace play the dark elves he's shaking his head right now so because i already know how that game went uh but what we did we had for those of you that know the hobby homies podcast and are, are members of the discord 
Uh, Burnsy played the Dwarves against Shane's Necromantic team, and Fox was Skaven against Jace. Um, I sat next to the Dwarf Necro game and basically tried to, to do the whole, you know, this is how the game plays, um, come up with ideas. Uh, so and the, originally the whole concept is I would do that for the other game with the other two players, the, being that nobody here who is going to be playing had played Blood Bowl before, so it was very much an introduction to here's how the game plays, this is how it works. You know, we spent the first 15, 20 minutes going here's what tackle zones are. Yep. It was very much, this is a game that we love. We want you to play it. We hope that you'll enjoy it. And, you know, thanks very much for giving it a go sort of thing. Um, Overall, I think it went quite well. Look, I had fun. Yeah. But I got to play Blood Bowl, so, you know. (laughs) I I had fun. I mean, I was technically almost playing two teams against each other, going, okay, well, you want to do this, and then you want to do this on the other side, and it was very much trying to come up with moves for both teams, help them out with, you know, this is kind of an idea about what you want to do in this situation, and still being as very, very much on the fence and not biased at all, um, which I hope that I managed to do. I definitely wasn't, you know, wanting one team to win more than the other so no and I mean even you know from my side I was playing but I was sort of doing the other coach role as Mm -hmm. well um which look I actually don't feel like it was much different to the way that I play most games of Blood Bowl and that being when you're playing Blood Bowl anyway right what you're doing during your opponent's turn is working out what you don't want them to do Mm -hmm. because that is the thing that is worse for you so you're kind of going through and analysing all those name moves anyway, and then it's just whether you tell your opponent about any of your ideas. <laughs> um, that's the choice situation. And more often than not, my, I tell them and screw myself because they're like, oh, I'm going to do this because I can't think of anything. I'm like, well, what about if you go <laughs> this and this and this and this and this and then and they push this guy over here and they, do it and they profit? And they're like, yeah, I'll do that. I'm like, fuck. Um, the amount of times that I've said to one of my opponents, yeah, and they've said, okay, well, there's no way that I can stop you scoring now, for for example, or no way that I can finally get into the end zone. And they've dismissed it out of hand, and you're looking at this with years of experience under your belt, and you're like, well, actually, no, there is a way. You're going to need to do this and do this and roll a six and then roll a six and then roll a five plus... And it's highly unlikely that it's going to happen, but it is possible. Yeah. And they go, oh, okay. And then they give it a go and it works perfectly for fucking them. Every so fucking every. time. <laughs> um, but I think, like, so part of that is years of experience, yes. And I think the other half of it is looking at the game from the other side of the fence because mm-hmm. it's so much easier to see the weaknesses in what you have done. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's that combination of two things. But so, look, the good thing for me was. I was just vocalising all of the things um, as they came up. Um, the downside is I feel like I was a little bit rusty in the game myself anyway. Um, I mean, we haven't played for a while. Our last game was you know, during COVID via the Xbox. Um, and that tells you all the tackle zones. and like, yes. It's like playing on easy well, mode. Well, it does and it doesn't. Like the amount of times I've moved in that game and gone, okay, well, I want to move my guy to here and then done it and gone, oh, fuck, there was a tackle zone there I didn't even look at. Uh, which I probably would have seen on a on a board, but 
Anyway, uh, Dwarves versus Necro. I'll just go into that just quickly. So, overall, the dice on the Dwarf side were on fire. That guy was breaking through. Bonesy was breaking through armor left, right, and center. Um, it was, and, and opposed to, to Shane, who was just not able to roll enough. Like the amount of times that his werewolves with claw would roll a seven, it was just bringing back memories, as Joe said before. I played a game against ogres, and I decided that you know this is my chance to build up star player points for my team. Snotlings of armor five, no problems. And the amount of times I rolled four was absolutely ridiculous in that game. Anyway, dwarves dice were on fire. They managed to injure two uh, of the Necro team pretty quickly. So one of the ghouls and the golem was taken out pretty quickly. However, the golem did roll his regeneration, which is a lot better than I would have done. And basically turned exactly the way I thought it would. It would turn into a huge bash fest in the middle of the field for quite some time. Um, The ball was not going past the three-quarter mark anyway shape or form on either side for quite some time and then all of a sudden Necro team got the ball and managed to get in a turn eight touchdown with a go for it Uh, so we're looking at one nil going into the half then the dwarves are kicking to the Necro and and then everything came up Necro from pretty much then on Uh, it was yeah They had a chance, a possibility of scoring in turn three of the second half. And they smartly decided to wait till turn four when it was... When you say smartly, do you mean with some significant encouragement from the sidelines? Look, I I did encourage him to wait a turn. He, He was at the point where he had a couple of dwarves in front of him. He could have scored with his ghoul who had the ball with a dodge roll and a re-roll and a go for it and That's bear like, in mind this is this is a blizzard so that go for it is now a, a three plus instead of a two plus but yeah relatively safe for any other game apart from blood bowl <laughs> um, and and shane was very tempted to do it so i could just yeah, yeah. But um, he turn, he scored in turn four, and then at the dwarves just couldn't get the ball up any further up the pitch. Uh, one of the dwarves did make a jump over a prone player, which I just thought was hilarious. This is another one of these new rules, and fell on his ass. But he had the ball, and it was the only way he could get through, really. So. Yep. 2 0 win to Shane. Um, Damn. But yeah, look, that was. I expected the dwarves to be, especially with the way they were rolling, um, I expected there to be a lot less Necro players and I expected it to be not closer. as It was It was a close game, but uh, score. Yeah. It's a, it, look, and it's amazing how much the scoreboard doesn't always reflect the game, but um, really quickly as a segue, the change, like that new ability to leap over prone models... I'm a big fan. Um, it's an agile, so it's still a thing. It's still a risk. Um, but for those times where there's just no physical way to get to a player or do a thing because there are people lying on the fucking ground, there's now a way. Um, there's a risk. There's a reward. It's a thing. I like it. Um, my game with Fox. So uh, Fox playing Skaven 
against the Dark Elves. Now I lined this this game up when everybody gave me the the teams that they wanted to play. I thought, well, Dwarves, Undead, and then Skaven, Dark Elves, two agile, fast teams. I'll put them together. Yeah. And they should be a, a fairly even matchup. So, theoretically, yes. Um, and realistically, it, it probably was a, a really good matchup. Um, the way this game played out, though, so Fox won the toss, elected to kick to me, and then proceeded just to beat the living shit out of elves. Um, With so rats. Between me not being able to pick up the ball um, and. Easily in the first couple of turns, losing two players off the pitch to you know to, to start with, um, it just it, I started. All right, see how this game's going. That's cool. I've got enough players. I got the ball. We just have to do a little bit of elf bullshittery, and all will be well. Managed to get the ball up the the pitch pretty pretty hard um, in scoring range with a turn, and then it went to shit. Um, the witch elf that had the ball got knocked down, got swarmed by rats that were coming in from fucking every man, fucking every corner of the earth. That's what they're supposed to do. Um, which, look, legitimately, and we had this conversation about how to do it and get tackle zones on things and all that kind of fun. Um, and I kind of expected to get knocked down and then be able to pick the ball up and run it over the line. Um, but, you know, fun things like the, the witch elf jumping up, blitzing, um, to the ball carrier to be able to do this thing and then just double sculling herself back onto the ground. Um, so she jumped up, fucking just necked herself and back down she went. Um, I lost the other witch elf pretty early on so she was off for the rest of the game. Um, and so it was late. Might have even been the last turn of the first half. Um Fox managed with a two go for it to get a touchdown. <laughs> it was one of those. I'm just waiting for this to, to fail. Um, and he just rolled him and it happened. And it, so he was going in, me kicking to him. I had seven players on the pitch by the second half. Um, to he had a full team. This was mm. sub optimal. Um, and it, kind of went downhill from there as I was just completely just didn't have the numbers to fight back so he fucked around with the ball for fuck knows how long he just could not pick it up he couldn't get it it wasn't happening but whilst that was not he was just removing more players from the pitch um so by turn seven of the second half I had two players left to his full team um you didn't get a single rat off Oh, the ones that got off got knocked out, knocked out, and then yep. they came back. Um, <laughs> so, it, yeah, it, it didn't quite happen as as planned. Um, and then there was literally a stage there where he had his thrower and a gutter runner tagging my runner that was up the pitch, trying to actually put some pressure on. And the rest of his team completely surrounding the one other model I had, <laughs> just fouling turn after turn, just seeing if they could take him off. And and Fox going, I wonder if I can spell my name in players. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, it, it didn't go so well for the Owls. Um, ended up, I can't even remember, there was a stage at the end where he's like, wait, if I score, you get a turn and you might be able to do something and score 
or I could just not score and then I win the game. So it was like that yeah. by the end of the game. He's literally holding the ball next to the end zone, just deciding if he wants to do it or not. I remember looking across at one stage and going, wait a minute. Yeah. This, this, this game is not looking how I expected it to look. There no. were a lot of rats, which is... I mean, I, I remember the last time I played rats and there were not many of mine left on the field by the end of that game. No, they just... Look, and not I, I don't at all want to play the, the dice game. There are a couple of key moments where dice did not go my way. There are a number of key moments where um, high numbers were rolled for armour and injury. <laughs> and I at least had two deaths in that, that game. Um, and that, you know, that, that, you know, one in six, two in 16, one in eight yep. chance or something. Yeah, that came up twice. <laughs> um so, well, with the amount of guys that you had off. Yeah, fair. Actually, it's probably about average. Um, <laughs> so, look, and a lot of it was... The good part of it, though, playing someone who has never played before, who is going, not not going, I'm going to do this, and me going, that's a stupid-ass idea and this is why, mm-hmm. um, but going, asking really, really clever questions around going, all right, I can see this option, I can see that option, what what are the pros and cons that I'm missing? And kind of filling in those blanks. So it was actually a really good conversation around why you would do one thing over another and not me giving answers, but me sort of going, here's the, the pros and cons of option A, here's the pros and cons of option B, which choose your own adventure. Yeah. Um, and it it felt like by the end of it, look, I feel like, and, and, and even Fox said, the moment that, Here's how your assists and your cancellations and your blocks and all that kind of piece works. The second you just that falls into place and clicks and that light bulb goes off, the game just makes sense. Yep. And I feel like by the end of the game, most of that it was just kind of waiting for the, the light bulb to go off mm-hmm. and just to go, yes, I fucking I get this. Um, we said from the start that's the bit that you're probably going to have the most yep. issue with, and as soon as you get that rest of the, the game makes total sense. You'll just, the more you play it, the more tactics you'll work out, the the better you'll play. Um, and Burnsy was the same on my side. Like, by the time you guys had finished up, we still had, you know, a turn or two left on, in the other game. You had to run off to, to get home to, to do the family stuff. And I sat down and... and Shane said, okay, well, what I want to do is this. And then Bernsey answered him. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'm done. Fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not no, needed. no longer needed. And Guess I'll just, go home. Oh, wait. Um, yeah. <laughs> just it, it, Bernsey got it, which was great. And, and especially because he's already, already seems to be balls deep in it with uh, a human team, a halfling team, and now a dwarf team. Uh, and keen to join our league when we start that up again. Yeah. So Fucking love it. Um but look, it was just it was really good. A just to, to get some games in and roll some dice and play it, do some new players, get some new enthusiasm, mm-hmm. um, get me re re enthused about everything, um, realise that the changes weren't drastic. Like it's not actually gonna be that hard to shift to the new edition at all. No. Um and so I, yeah, it was just just an absolute stellar day just to actually catch up with some people that we haven't had a chance to really sort of do in the flesh things mm-hmm. with um there's a lot of chatting on discord there's a lot of you know that kind of stuff but this was really the first face to face actually yeah meet up 
you know, play some games, hang out. It was really cool, Arvo. Um, and just to be able to do it has been awesome. And hopefully it's the first of many. So, um, but that's it. You know, Blood Bowl. I've always loved this game. And from what I'm seeing so far and everything that I'm getting from the new edition, I don't see that changing. No, it's so. happy days. Um, the only other thing I want to touch on just really, really quickly is the actual box itself because we have them now. Mm-hmm. We've opened them. We've looked at them. Um, and I own two of them. Yeah, well, we'll fix that. We'll fix that in a minute, right? Um, so, here's it. the deal is though. So, recommended retail price is what two hundred and thirty. Two thirty. Yeah. So, Games Workshop game. We know it's going to come at a little bit of a premium anyway. But let's see if what's in the box is actually justified by that two hundred and thirty buck price tag. Um, first thing you need to play Blood Bowl is the rules of Blood Bowl. Um, they fortunately come in this. Uh, this box edition in a full hardback fucking pretty coloured it's so shiny it's a very nice book it's got a little ribbon thing to mark the pages um, it's got pages of lore which is what you're used to from the Spike magazines but just on, a, on another level yeah it, yeah. it's got pages of background it's got um, all the stuff that you need like it, and by itself, well, 85 bucks, I think, mm-hmm. is the, the rec retail for the... So it's not just the little... A lot of times in the, the G-Dub boxes, you get like the little game version of the, the rule book, which is kind of just the rule book in a small paperback. None of that bullshit. Yep. You, you get the real deal. I'm a fan. Um, I wouldn't have justified buying that otherwise, but it comes in there and I love it. Um, you get... All the standard stuff, the board, the dice, the dugouts, the templates, all that kind of stuff. And it's basically the same as the last edition for all intents and purposes. Um, I haven't opened the board, but the board looks... Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a human side, orc, orc side. side. It's probably not going to be overly different from the last board. I know the sizes are exactly the same. The templates are exactly the same. So if you have the old board, you don't need to update it. Like, flat out, it works, everything. Um, The only real change there is the size of the dugouts, Mm -hmm. which are smaller, um, but, yeah. Yeah, look, they've taken out the second turn, the second half, uh, turn slot, tracker, and made them even smaller. So when I first saw them, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. But then looking at the game today, I was like, the old dugouts are very big. They do take up a lot of table room. And I mean, we're probably spoilt here playing where we've got ample room to Mm. spread out. Um, But I have played on some tables where they're kind of hanging over the edge and you feel a little bit cramped. So, look, it makes sense. Um, And the way it packages up, it all looks very neat. So, yeah, look don't care it doesn't make that much of a difference um then you get a lot of plastic yep we're talking two teams and when we're talking teams we're talking real teams so you know how g-dub when they package a team they you generally leave out just enough stuff that you can't have a full team of positions and all the stuff that you need without buying more stuff they they've kind of gone against that logic hmm um, so, so full disclaimer: we have not 
snipped off bits yet. Um, I spent all night last night, obviously, going over the rules. We have looked at the sprues, so but they're pretty. They are pretty. You have an orc team. You have a human team, which is exactly what you got in the last set. But these are the different teams. So yeah. we're talking the pseudo-Bretonian team and the new Black Orc team. The Black Orc team comes with goblins, it comes with Black Orcs, and it comes with a troll. And then the nobility team again comes with the positions. It comes with an ogre. Mm-hmm. There are, did I see coach models? Or referee? There are referees. Referee so models? two referee models, uh, an elf and a dwarf. Uh, and there are two star players. So you get Griff and you get uh, Varagultula mm-hmm. as the two two star players. So, look, that is more than you need to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Griff and Varag, uh, as far as the orc and human, they're the, generally the go-to star players. Yep. So, and the star player changes, we haven't gone through... Well, they killed off a bunch of them. They're doing stuff. Well, they've basically... They've made the star players easier. Previously, you might have one or two games in a league where you've got a decent star player on. And by that stage, the difference in team value is so extreme that the star player will do something, but not necessarily is going to make up what that difference is. Mm -hmm. Whereas the costs have been reduced, they, they've been updated, they all have a special fancy skill that they can do once per game. Uh, star players are coming in. so Yeah, they, and it looks like there is a plan to release more models and probably more star player play with those models. So they've killed off anyone that doesn't have a model now. Yep. Um, but I would expect to see star player models coming out more and more frequently mm-hmm. as this happens. So realistically it looks like they're again making them a viable option like for league play I I don't know that I've ever used a star player um, mainly because I don't mind my team being bloated a little bit with value Mm -hmm. Um, but also because my logic was always I don't want to give star player points to someone I'm not keeping Mm -hmm. so I don't want them to take away from the things that my players could do and therefore get better than from so now you drop the cost, you give them a little bit of a special bonus, you make them easier to get. Um, yeah, there's there's more chance that they're going to get considered. Yeah. Um, and I th- it looks like they're making them a little bit more easily available for other teams too. So, mm-hmm. hmm. so yeah, two full teams, two star players, two refs, two big board. guys. All the board, the templates, the mm-hmm. balls, the dice, the full hardback rule cover. So, I mean, realistically, we're breaking this up. The the rule book at eighty five bucks. Um, the boards, if you want, go and buy one of those custom, or not the custom, but the team boards. They're seventy odd bucks from GW anyway. Um, you buy a team box that you need to buy more than one of because you don't get a full team in. Um, and you've got two full teams plus big guys and all the, the rest in this, like it quickly adds up to 230 bucks. It's pretty hard to go past the price of the starter box. Like I feel like this is one of those ones they've crammed the value into. Um, 
and I feel like you can with a game like Blood Bowl because you don't need a lot of models. Like if it was 40K and you needed to put 100 models in there, mm-hmm. you have to then reduce the the rule book and the other stuff that you get. Um, you don't need a, a shit ton of models for Blood Bowl. So you increase the value by giving the full rule book and the, the, the other stuff as well. So it's pretty fucking shiny. It's, it's, it's a nice box. And, you know, this is my fourth starter box that I've gotten. Um, second Ed with the old polystyrene boards. I had two of those so we could play four-player Blood Bowl games. Uh, the edition after that, I got the starter box. The edition after that, I just picked up the board secondhand. I didn't bother. Uh, but the last two editions picked up those as well, so... So yeah, fourth, fifth box. So, I mean, you you had to buy it. That was the rules, because um, you own them all. Um, look, it is one of those that if you have the current edition, you do not need the box. You could just pick up the rule book, um, and that would do you. But as I said, it's and full disclaimer: I am eyeing off those imperial human models. With a view that they would make a very nice more time war band, um, so they probably won't make the blood ball pitch. Um, they will make a tabletop at some stage, um, but then again, I never played either the orcs or the humans from the first box either. So yeah, played orcs myself quite a bit. I have never really been a human player, but both of these teams I'm actually considering playing. They've they have done a really good job on the models. Like, let's just call that out now. <laughs> um, so, in summary, the game is still the game. The box is great value. Stop your bitching online. And having games in person with absolute champions and getting people involved in the game and just talking hobby and doing stuff is really fucking sweet. Amen. Blood Bowl, good. <laughs> Man, I think, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. We could have just said that at the start and you could have not listened to an hour and 50, nearly two Absolutely. hours worth of us talking about just the fact that this is a good thing. Nobody's gotten this far anyway. It's fine. Um, so let's wrap it up. You were talking about a GW uh, competition, painting comp. Yes. Uh, what is the prerequisite for that? Is it any model? Yeah, as long as it's, it's a games workshop model. Well, yeah, um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's not a, not limited to like magic user or no, something like that. So it's not one of their themed ones. They've basically just gone, let's go full painting comp mm-hmm. style. Um, there is a limit to the size of the base you can put on, but that's about it. But it's like a big one. So okay. if you want to chuck a knight in or something, go go Ooh. fucking. Bullshit. What if I put an acorn model on a knight base? As long as he was surrounded by corpses, I would be so on board with that. Um, mm. Yeah, it's the the terrible beast. Of, um, so, no uh, <laughs> um, realistically, so I think it's called the Golden Skull. It closes Christmas Eve, so December twenty fourth. For those that don't know when that is, um, and it's basically paint something, Games Workshop, put it in. They'll, they'll do judging and stuff. Yeah. Um, you can do multiple entries if you want, apparently. So I found out. Um, and that's about as exciting as it's like that's as the rules get. Otherwise, just do something cool. Um, that is happening. 
the other one that will hopefully still be running when this is published for like a day um, <laughs> is the Hobby Homies Terrain Tournament. Um, I'm super curious to see what their judgment, judging panel prerequisite, like their criteria is because they've been talking it up yep. for the last however long. Um, I don't know, but that that is a thing that is about to close and they're talking about doing one a season. Or a quarter, if you want to get fancy, it's going to be about every three months. They're going to have a thing. Um, so there'll be another one for summer. It will have a different theme and a different um, kind of focus or something. I don't know. But that's going to happen. But again, the whole idea is just to get people doing stuff. Which is a good thing, as we have learnt ourselves. Um, that's about all I can think of as far as what's on. Yeah, I can't think of much else that's happening at the moment. There's probably anything, other things. Anything that throws the dice? Has, you know, the, 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 sprue ch- the Sprue Channel Challenge finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that these... I'm waiting to hear what he's doing next. Mm-hmm. So that is in the works. Um Watch his space. Yeah, I think that's, that's about as exciting as it gets. But as I said, I think with things starting to open up, stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so there will be more things coming soon and more ability to game and tournaments and weekends and stuff. Yay. Uh, so with that, we might wrap it up. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to give us a follow on Podbean or Spotify or wherever you're listening to that, us on, that would be awesome. Um, feel free to leave us a review on Facebook or even just comment on Facebook. Let yeah, us just, know. Just tell us what you're thinking. Yep. Um, tell us if there's stuff that you'd like us to play or th- talk about. Um, if there's stuff that you'd like us to definitely not play and talk about because we ruin every game that we do. Um, also acceptable. Just, yep. just have your two cents. Absolutely. Uh, until next time. Thanks very much. Later. Cheers. All. <laughs>